0: Listen up, bowlers. Are you looking to gain mental focus over your competition? Do you ever need that extra burst of all-natural energy during league play? Mindframe is the first all-natural supplement packed with vitamins and all-natural ingredients to keep bowlers at the top of their game. Supports muscle recovery and joint support for the day after that long tournament. You cannot continue to neglect your most important tool, your body. If you want to win, experience the striking power of Mindframe. Visit s3direct.com. That's s3direct.com.
1: Hi, this is Norm Duke. You're listening to
0: Above180.com with Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowlers Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin,
2: here are your hosts. Tim Berg, and Joey Serrar. Matt Wagon of Muscatine, Iowa, had a record-setting performance on April 19th to move into the lead of both regular singles and regular all events at the 2011 USBC Open Championships at the National Bowling Stadium in Reno. Making his 10th tournament appearance, a 31-year-old right-hander started his day with an 806 double series, rolling games of 269, 258, and 279. He then posted games of 279, 290 and 257 for an 826 series to take the lead in the singles event Matt Timberg and Joy serrar thank you for joining us
1: you're welcome thanks for having
2: me on great Matt want to begin we watching the USBC highlight video it looks like you were throwing the ball a little bit softer than what we normally see people that have been scoring on and playing around the 10 board or, or cheater board, as some people like to call it, about 40 feet down the lane is that the game plan that you went into the tournament with?
1: Yeah, I wasn't uh, exactly sure how how much room I would have to the right if I could get it to the cheater board or not. I, I knew I could start it anywhere, you know. In third, I was hoping to start between third and fourth arrow and, and and get it out even just a little bit left of the cheater board. But it seemed like uh, on our singles and double spares, especially, I didn't see it so much in team. But I was able to. Uh, I had a little swing and and a little bit of hold, uh, which is an easy way to to help you get comfortable with your ball reaction. If, if you know you can trust it, it's a lot easier to go up there and get it off your hand.
0: Well, you know, Matt, I, I want to kind of backtrack a little bit. Joe Serrar here. Uh, we're going to go back to 2005. I looked up your all-event score. You had 1850. A good score. Following year, 1823. Uh, 2007, you had a kind of a stinker year like Tim and I had this year with 1650. Uh, 2008, 1739. I mean you probably just threw enough good shots to stay you know above 1700 enough bad shots not to shoot 18. Then in 2009 1960 I mean that's what players go for of, of you know your ability or, or near your ability they want that 1900 number. Then last year 1940 so back to back solid years did that have any bearing or help Mentally, with you approaching this year's tournament, in that you know you can score, and and maybe you were a little more confident that you were going to score, as opposed to just hoping you were going to score good.
1: Uh, I, I think it definitely brought up some confidence, uh, especially that you're uh, in Vegas, where I started a team event with 730. I think that was only the second, second or third time I'd ever been over 600, and uh, I put a lot of work in that, uh, bowling on the pattern, practicing on some of my weaknesses, and uh, you know to have a payoff two years in a row and then go out this year and, and really, really show that, all right, you belong with these guys. You can, you can chew up with them and, and perform. Uh, it's just like, yeah, I worked hard this year. I worked hard in the off season. I practiced several times in the pattern. Uh, the owner here is, is uh, really appreciative of guys wanting to get better at the game. So he was able to put it down for me. I, I spent at least six or seven times after league night until the place closed, uh, bowling on it, and to go out there and show those type of results, I mean, I can't wait for next year already.
2: (laughs) This year in team event, you made a ball change during the middle of the event. Uh, Talk about, I guess, even like Joey mentioned some of your scores, the confidence that you must have had that you knew that you are going to be able to make that right ball change and that it was the correct change to make.
1: Well, it was kind of a shocker, actually, because uh, the ball that I had switched to was one that I couldn't really get... Much of a read on, but when I'm practicing on the pattern here in Muscatine, it, it, it just wanted to go too long. But there was more friction out there this year that I had seen before. I was able to throw something shinier. Uh, I started with a Brunswick Alpha Max with a, a pin above the ring finger, and it, it was really great on the fresh. But as soon as it wanted to roll early, it, it really had nothing to move into. I had to, to get something that would let me get it, get it down the lane a little farther before it wanted to bite. And I think I still need a better ball or something, maybe a little bit stronger. I didn't have anything pinned down with me for team event, and uh, I think I could have used it. Obviously, I didn't need it doubles and singles, but team event, I think something just a tad, tad uh, earlier, but not snappier would have would have uh, helped me carry a little bit better in team event. But 6:30, uh, I'll take it with only one hole. So and the team bowled really well.
0: You know, Matt, I, I want to kind of backtrack a little bit. You, you mentioned that you worked on your game uh, in the off season. Uh, or during the season, Uh, you're not a high-rev guy, you're not a high-speed guy. You're you're kind of an average type, uh, let's say, power player of of our generation. And and what did you actually do to fine-tune or allow your game to advance to the next level in that you didn't do it with power? Did you do it with just technique or or hand change positions, or just being able to execute more consistently?
1: Yeah, that last point is probably the main thing, is just being able to repeat shots. With my really low backswing, you know, I I don't have a whole lot of power, and like you said, my ball speed's pretty slow, so for me to get in any type of rhythm, I have to constantly repeat shots. And uh, another one of the things this year, was uh, I wanted to to not leave any pens out there. Every year at Nationals, I'm sure you guys say the same thing, is, man, I left 100 pens out there. This is actually the first year that I can say that I really didn't leave anything out there. I had one open, but, I mean, I covered all my spares, and the strikes came. And that's basically what I work on. I work on spares when I practice. I work on repeating shots and just trying not to give the pocket away. And all of those kind of came together at once, which usually doesn't happen.
2: Matt Wagon on the Above180.com podcast. Talk about your single score of 826. There's about five weeks left in the tournament. Do you feel that that score is going to hold up, seeing as though you made it past some big shooters over the last couple of weeks and May is traditionally one of the, the busiest months for the uh, USBC Open?
1: Yeah, I mean, that score would not have one last year, and I don't think it would have won the year before that. Uh, but like you said, a lot, a lot of the, the good bowlers have already bowled, but... You know, I don't think anybody expected me to do that either, so I think it can happen to pretty much anybody out there that, that gets locked in, gets comfortable. I mean, the score, there obviously have been a lot of honor scores shot out there, so it is a high-scoring uh, tournament, even though the, the top scores aren't maybe as high besides the team event as, as they've been in the past. But, I mean, of course, I'd love to see it hold up. I mean, if it doesn't, you know, there's not a whole lot I can do about it. Uh, I think the all event has a little bit better chance just because that's, what is that? 750 some average for, for the three sets. That that you got to have a little luck on your side to carry. You know, uh, in my singles especially, when we moved over, this, our pair was a little bit tighter. I watched. I think you, you mentioned in one of your other uh, podcasts you you saw uh, where my guy in bowl in front of me missed the head pin to the right. I watched his ball roll and it just it just kind of down lane where I thought it would make the jump. It didn't do anything. So I immediately squared up. And eventually they started hooking like, like the other pair did. But the guy in front of me would leave a big four and I'd trip a four. I mean, you, you've got to have those kind of breaks to, to shoot anything like that out there.
0: You know, you know, getting back to that, that day in question where you shot the back-to-back H, do you want to kind of walk us through it? In other words, did you have any inkling, you know, that morning that it was going to be your day? I mean, did, did, did things go right? Did you just feel different? Uh, also, when you got to the tournament site, did you, you know, watch the pair in front of you? What squad did you bowl? Uh, did you know the bowlers on the pairs in front of you? Uh, just just kind of recap exactly how that day transpired, if you can.
1: Um, I was feeling good, and I, I felt good from the night before. I knew I was was uh, in the right part of the lane. I knew I was making decent shots. Um, we did get there early, about an hour and a half early or so, to, to watch the pair in front of us. And we didn't know what we were going to get. There was... Uh, People throwing a plastic or urethane straight down the middle. And there was another bowler throwing some, looked like it might have been 500 grit, right up five. I mean, you don't know what that's going to do. It ended up creating a little bit of out and a little bit of in. We didn't know that going into it. You, know, you only get a couple shadow balls, and, and you kind of got to go from there. So I started with the uh, anarchy that I ended with, and I could tell right away that it, that it wanted to do more on the back part of the lane than it did in team event. Matt, when did you bowl doubles and singles?
2: It was uh, 9.20, I believe. 9.20 in the morning. Second okay. One. So
1: there's only a uh, few bowlers in front of us,
2: yeah. Okay, great. So, again, like Joey was saying, walk us through that because a lot of people, and, and we just spoke to Eric Pearson about this earlier uh, in a podcast, about wanting fresh oil for doubles and singles, and what you're telling me is it sounds like you had a, a hodgepodge of people throwing every which way on the pair, and look what you shot, eight zero and, and eight twenty. So I guess what are your thoughts on starting the doubles and singles on fresh even though you probably were fairly fresh because you're bowling that squad.
1: I, I don't think it makes a huge bit of a difference, especially at that 7. You know, you always hear about the dreaded 7 o'clock shift. But I think they dribble, if I remember right, they double strip. So the, the few times that I have bowled that in the past, there's always a little bit more friction than what you would see on a fresh on-team event. You know, they don't seem to break down as easy as as they do if they've already had bowling on it. But it it worked out perfect this year for us. I mean, that... Nobody on our pairs could really complain on what kind of look we had. Not everybody bowled well, but uh, you can't can't really complain when there's a shot out there.
0: So, so where did you start playing? uh, You know, in in your first event, the doubles event. I mean, did you stand uh, on twenty twenty two and kind of look nine ten?
1: I was a little bit. Yeah, I was probably standing around there, but I, I wasn't trying to get it that far to the right. I was trying not to give the pocket away. But actually, one of my practice balls, I did get it probably out to even 7, 8, and it came back and hit light and struck, which the day before it would have been a a 2, 8, 10, no doubt. That immediately makes you think, all right, you got the right ball. Let's just stay aggressive and uh, get it off your hand clean and see what happens.
0: And get it off your hand clean, you did. Uh, (laughs) You know, I mean... I want you to walk us through your your first game and and your second game and what kind of transitions you kind of saw as the day progressed. In fact, if you can, all six games, I mean, did you you make baby moves, like one-and-one moves to the left, or did you make a big wholesale move uh, and obviously each pair was different, but can you kind of walk us through that?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, in, in team event when I made moves, I had to make great big moves. And Funny in singles and doubles, I was just kind of inching inching a little bit to the left. Obviously when we moved to our singles pair, I had to start a little bit farther to the right and then just kept inching to the left. Nothing major. I mean, it's one of those things where I could get comfortable and almost have the feeling like, like you're bowling league. I mean, obviously it's not a, a league condition, but when you feel like you've got a good ball reaction and don't have to make huge adjustments that you sometimes have to make in tournaments when you're crossing pairs, I could get comfortable and just worry about making the next shot. I watched everything. I mean, that's that's one of the things that I tell everybody when you're out there. Is trust your teammates, watch watch what their ball's doing. If they do it good and it's jumping, you know, not necessarily make the move then, but start thinking about it. And, and, and did you bring, did you bring a spare ball? Games. Uh, like I said, my, my pin carry was just unheard of for out there. I usually struggle with ring tens and flat tens. This this year, the ball just wanted to go dead flush. There were a few uh, potential solid eights that I had standing that pins flew out of the back and hit, and that never happens to me. So. Hey, like Matt, I said, I, I didn't have to make many many big adjustments, which always helps.
2: So, Matt, can you compare the lanes this year to the lanes in years past at the USBC Championships?
1: I just felt like there's more friction. I mean, there's, there's been times where I almost have to play a fallback shot, uh, and this year I could I could let the ball breathe and let it do its thing in the back end of the lane, which a lot of years I don't feel like I can do. I could do it in Vegas, even last year I didn't feel like I had uh, the equipment that would allow me to do that.
0: And did you have a spare ball, Matt? Even though you obviously didn't have to use it much.
1: Oh yeah, okay. yep. I've been throwing a plastic for spares for probably 10 years now. And I, I think that's a definite out there. I mean, I, if I missed one spare in either of those sets, you wouldn't be talking to me today and I wouldn't be in the lead in anything.
0: Right. So, so once you finished your singles event and you shot the back-to-back eights, I mean, what kind of feeling did you have in your body? I mean, was it kind of like a, you know, an out-of-body experience or did you just collapse to the ground or, or was it utter jubilation or utter disbelief? What, what kind of feeling did you have?
1: You know, I, I didn't feel exhausted at all. I felt great. I mean, I, I couldn't wait to, to shake people's hands. I couldn't wait to get my interview done. I was on the phone for probably five or six hours calling friends. I was just excited. You know, I've heard people say in that type of atmosphere when you're all done, you're just dead, dead to the water. You don't want to do anything, but I was exactly opposite.
2: Well, Matt Wagon, we want to thank you for joining us here on the Above180.com Newsmaker Line. Matt, again, is the current USBC Open Championships leader with a 2268, has five more weeks to sweat that out. Matt, we're going to be following this, and by all means, if you do end up being crowned the uh, USBC All Events champion, we, we'd like to have you back on again. No problem. Uh, let me know when. Great. For Joyce Rar, Tim Bird, Matt Wagon. good luck and good bowling.